Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help you to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, life coach and certified grief recovery specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 38. We're made for this. Did that title make you a little curious? We're going to get into that in just a minute. But this past weekend, I was a vendor and a speaker at a two-day conference. And I met the most amazing people. And they were facing a myriad of challenges because of because of my booth, because I have signs up that say build a life after loss, obviously people that come to my booth are, are wanting to talk to me about their own losses, their, their current grief or their past grief, or a lot of people want to find out how to help their friends, which I just think is marvelous. And so I, I had some wonderful conversations with some fabulous people and just thoroughly enjoyed my time, thoroughly enjoyed being able to be there to speak about healing and happiness after loss and to, to, I hope to bring hope. (laughs) I hope to bring some hope. Um, I truly do. I mean, that's my only purpose. It's, it's my biggest goal is to just say, this is what's possible. Bad, horrible, awful, tragic things can happen to us and we can rebuild our life and we can still have an amazing life. We can still have an amazing life. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, we don't, if you think about somebody, I just heard recently of someone that was in a car accident and they were in the hospital for 13 months. They'd broken so many bones and had gone through so much physical trauma that they were in the hospital for 13 months. That's a long time. And, and it's, it's similar with grief. We just don't know. We just don't know what specifically what that healing time is going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how long it's going to take, but here's the thing. We know that it's possible. And that is what I want you to hear. No matter where you are in your grief journey, just know that it is possible to come out on the other side and to, and to have a good life, to experience joy, to experience purpose again, to have confidence and strength. All those things are, are possible. And as always, I want you when you listen, I want you to know that I'm speaking on this podcast in generalities. I, I, I'm not necessarily speaking to your specific situation. I would love to have that conversation. I invite that conversation. So if, if that's a conversation that you want to have, if you want to talk to me, I, I love to talk. To, I would love to talk to you and hear where you're at and where you want to be and, and really have that conversation about what the next steps are for you. But there's all types of losses. And that was, that was never more obvious to me than it was this past weekend. There's all types of losses that cause feelings of grief. It's, and so often we just think of it in terms of death. Um, sometimes we do think of it in terms of divorce, but those are kind of the top two. And then we don't even, we don't even think about the other things. And so I wanted to give you a list. I wanted to give you a list of some of those things that can cause feelings of grief. And I think this will help you as you think about your own life experiences, 
maybe you've had other experiences with grief and you didn't even recognize it because you didn't even, you didn't even think of that as being a loss. So let me just go through this list. It's a rather long list. So be patient with me, but, um, death of a spouse is obviously right up there towards the top. Divorce, unbearable separation, imprisonment, death of a family member, personal illness or injury, miscarriage, loss of job, retirement, change in health, change in health of a a family member, business loss, a financial loss, death of a close friend, change in career, a foreclosure, a child leaving home, change in living conditions, moving, changing schools. It goes on and on. There are so many things so many losses that can cause feelings of grief. And which is why I think that we just, we need a better conversation about grief because it's so important that we understand it and we become familiar with it and we become familiar with those things that can help us. So I'm super excited about this episode because I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing with you a list of some things that can help us. But all those things that I listed, the emotional impact of a loss will depend on the duration of the relationship and the intensity of that relationship. So for example, and I didn't even mention pet loss, but that's a huge one too, that I don't know why that wasn't on my list, but that is a huge one as well. And, and you think about, you know, if you think about our kids, they might go out and they, they catch a frog and they put it in a box and a couple of days later there, something's happened and the frog is gone and, and that's a loss, but you know, it was short, the intensity of the relationship that that's a silly example, but I love to give silly examples because I think it helps us to visualize the difference. But then you think about somebody who has worked at the same job for 30 years, they've put in their life force into that position. They have given their energy to that job, to that company for 30 years and then something happens and they lose that job. That is a huge loss because the intensity of that relationship going to that job 40, 50, 60 hours every single week for 30 years, that is an intense, long relationship. And so the impact is greater. But what I want to suggest is, what I want to ask is, what if we're made for this? What if we're made for challenges? For example, people say all the time, all the time they say, parents aren't supposed to bury their children, but it's not true. It's not true. How do we know it's not true? Because we do. Because parents do bury their children. It's not, it's not something that's pretty. It's not something that we love, but it is true. So believing, believing that we aren't supposed to is arguing with reality. I've buried two children. I know that reality. As painful as it is, it is reality. So when we tell ourselves things like, this isn't supposed to happen, you know, when something horrible has happened to us, then we tend to say, this isn't supposed to happen. I heard an interesting story actually this weekend from one of the visitors at my vendor booth. And she was sharing with me about how a, a man had great faith. He had faith in, in God. And then 
after his child died, he lost that faith because he said, this shouldn't have happened. God should not have allowed this to happen. And somebody said to him, so all those years you had faith in God and other people's children had died. You knew other people who had lost children, but you still had faith in God. But now that it's your child that has died, you've lost your faith in God. And it was just a kind of a stark example. I know it's really stark. It's a, it just a stark example of how our perspective changes when it's us. Cause so often we think that's never going to happen to me, but unfortunately bad things happen. And to, and to say that bad things don't happen as again, we're arguing with reality. What if, in fact, we are made for our challenges? What if all of our experiences are actually for our benefit? I did an interview with Todd Sylvester on his podcast, and he, all the time, he, all the time he says, life happens for you. I'm going to get him on this show sometime because he's, he's amazing. But he, in uh, high school, in college, he was an addict. And he was able to overcome that. And he's been clean for many, many years now. And he works with other addicts. And he often says, he says it so frequently. I think he says it on every episode of his podcast. Life happens for you. And if we think about that, how has life happened for you? I was thinking about an Ironman triathlete. The Ironman triathlon includes 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 mile bike ride, a 26.2 mile marathon. Now I could not, I could not accomplish even one of those things. I couldn't swim that much or bite that much or run that much. That is beyond my capacity. But when that athlete goes to the starting line, they're prepared they, they go to that starting line knowing that it's going to be super challenging, but, but an Ironman triathlete knows they are made for that event. And I want you to think in terms of as human beings, we are made for challenge. It's in our DNA. And how do I know that? Because there has never, ever, ever been a time in history where people haven't dealt with challenge. They've dealt with unbelievable challenges and, and they've survived and they've thrived and not everyone does. And I understand that, but I want you to think in terms of if you have survived physically your challenges, you are capable of overcoming those challenges emotionally, intellectually, and in every other way. I really, really, truly believe that. When people do survive and thrive, they're not special. It's the norm. Think of it in terms of it being normal. Think of it in terms of being normal to overcome challenges, to not only overcome challenges, but to survive and thrive. How does that change your thoughts about the challenge? I looked at the word resilience. Resilience is the ability to bounce back from challenges. It's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's toughness. Also on the APA website, the American Psychological Association website, they had 10 ways to build resilience. And so I want to just kind of 
talk about those 10 ways that they have listed. Number one was to make connections. Make connections with family members, make connections with friends, join groups. If you were a part of a group before your loss, maybe you're, maybe you can, you can get back in there and, and enjoy that group again. Maybe it has changed. Maybe you can't, but to make connections, make connections with other, other people is super important. I want to think it was, I think six months after the kids died. Before they passed away, I had, I've always been a crafter in different ways. And, and at the time that the kids died, I was doing a lot of paper crafting and I was teaching classes. I was really having a lot of fun. I would have my, my friends over and, you know, other people that found me would come, you know, I, I had customers basically that would come and I would teach them card making, a little bit of scrapbooking, but a lot of card making. Just, it was a, just a super fun hobby to do some paper crafting. And so we, they would come over and I would set up these projects and we would just have a great time. And after the kids died, it was about six months after they passed away, I had my first crafting night, which felt really odd and funny to me. And it was a challenge to do that, but super glad that I did because it just really kind of got me back into crafting and spending that time with friends and making those connections. And those connections, it doesn't have to be centered around your loss. This isn't a connection necessarily where you're, you're sharing your loss like you would in a support group. This is just a connection in a like-minded group doing things that you enjoy, which is actually another another point on this list that we'll get to. The second thing that they recommend is to avoid seeing crisis as unsurmountable problems. So avoid thinking of something that happened as that you're unable to solve the problem. As much as you can consider that, yes, it's a problem. Yes, this is a crisis, but it is solvable. It is something that I can overcome. And when we think of death, I mean, obviously, we don't think of that in terms of solvable. We're not going to solve the death necessarily, but we can solve for our grief. We can, we can start to process that grief and start to feel better over time. Number three, accept that change is a part of living. If we can just accept that change is just a part of life, that will make such a huge difference. It's so funny. It's so funny to me how we resist change and yet it just happens all the time. It's just like a new chapter in our book. Change is just inevitable. Number four is to move towards your goals. Just setting goals and thinking of things that you can move towards will help you to, to recognize this, to feel and recognize this forward motion. Number five, take decisive actions. This is an interesting, interesting thought because really what they're talking about here is if you've had something difficult happen to take decisive action in that situation. So in, instead of ignoring it, instead of ignoring it, you, you make decisions to take action. I'm thinking back on my, the actions that I took after after the accident, you know, some of the things that I did was 
was even deciding to have that group again was a decisive action that I took to re-engage, to re-engage in my life, to re-engage in the connection. Another decision I made was to seek help, to seek help from others. And that's part of the connections too, is to, to accept help from others. But seeking help was a, definitely a decisive action that I took towards my own healing. Number six was look for opportunities for self-discovery. So what have you learned? What things have you learned? What things can you learn? Is there something that would help you to move forward? Number seven, nurture a positive view of yourself. It's so easy to, you know, I've talked about that problem spin cycle where we take the problem and the problem is so huge that then we turn it back on ourselves and we make it mean something negative about ourselves. It's so much better if we can take a positive view of ourselves and really, really nurture, really think about the positives that you bring, the positives that you enjoy in your life, the things that you appreciate your, your about yourself. Start a list and be confident. Be confident in your ability to solve problems. Number eight, keep things in perspective. So really look at the long-term perspective. Really think about, you know, if we think about a loss like moving or losing a job, you know, when you look at the long-term, yes, this is difficult right now. Yes, this it has its challenges, but how can the long-term perspective change the way you look at things? Number nine, maintain a hopeful outlook. Think in terms of there's still good things to come. Good things are right around the corner. To visualize the future with hope and optimism. And that's that's some of what I hope to actually bring to you on this podcast is, is to talk to you about some of those things that you can hope for for your future. Number 10, take care of yourself. Ask yourself the question, what are your needs? Are you taking care of yourself physically? Are you allowing yourself enough rest? Are you, are you looking for activities that you enjoy that you can re-engage with? Those are some great things that you can do to take care of yourself. There were some additional helps that they also listed. And that was, and these are things that we've talked about. One was to write about our deepest thoughts and feelings. And another was meditation and spiritual practices. Those are super, super helpful. So we kind of went through that pretty quickly, but I, I hope that you heard on that list some things that, that you're currently doing that you can pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? I'm already, I'm already making connections. Good for me. Or you can say, you know, I have been thinking about my goals and I can see myself moving towards them. Good for you. Just look at this list and say, okay, what, what are the things that I'm currently doing that's helping me build resilience? I really, really want you to acknowledge that and pat yourself on the back and continue that practice. And then maybe find one other thing on that list that might be helpful to incorporate going forward. I would love to help you with this. So that's what I do. I'm a a grief coach. I'm a transformation coach. And this is what I do. So if you've been thinking about reaching out to somebody for some additional help, I would love to be that person. If you've thought about reaching out to me before and you haven't done it yet, now is the time to do it. So just all you need to do is get on your phone or your computer 
and send me a quick email at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. That's julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. Send a quick message and say, I want to set up a time to talk. And it's totally free to you. It is totally free. And I guarantee you, you will learn a lot just from that initial conversation. No charge to you. Remember, I believe in you. You can totally do this. I totally believe in you. And I love you. Have a great week. Bye.